Hey, good morning, everybody. I want to say hello from me and my husband. I'm Carrie Fess. I'm one of the um, pastors here at Faith Church, and I'm married to Greg. He was just playing the uh, uh, electric guitar, and uh, he's one of our elders here. And um, it's a joy and a delight to be a part of this family. We've been here for 21 years, and we have some family history that goes back to the beginning of the, the founding of our church. But I say all of that just to say that um, all of our staff and our volunteers and our elders um, are so thankful for this family. And if you're new around here or um, you've come a few times and you're still trying to feel things out, get to know people, get comfortable, we just want you to know that you belong here. We have a place for you here. We want to know you. We want this to feel like your home, too, just like it feels for us. And so um, we pray that as we serve and as we um, worship together, that that is what is conveyed to you, is that this is a home for you, too. So thanks for um, letting me share this morning the heart of this church, but also the Father with you. So let's start in Acts chapter 3. We are going to talk about devoted prayer today. We're in the sermon collection where we're just going through the book of Acts. Not quite line by line, but pretty close. And we're going to read chapter 3 today. I'm actually going to read the whole entire chapter uh, to us this morning. And I'm going to read from the NLT. So um, if you have that version, either on your phone or in person, feel free to follow along. If you don't, it's okay, because I'm going to say it out loud anyway. So let's read together the word of God. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all, your, of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected his holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now, Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time of the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham... 
Through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Can we thank God together this morning for his word? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for your word. You are the word, (laughs) the word from heaven, the bread of life. God, I thank you that this word is so precious, that it's life-giving. It is alive, and even though it is ancient, you preserved it for us so that we could know you through these sacred holy words. God, stir up in our hearts a passion to know you more. Stir up in our hearts a love for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us by your word, for writing the word through obedient servants. Thank you for lavishing your love, Father, on us through the miraculous preservation of this great treasure, your word. Yes, God, we welcome you to speak. We welcome you to talk to us through your word. We welcome the revelation of the Holy Spirit as we study your word, whether we're in this place or on our own or with a few friends, God. Would your voice speak as we open your word? Would your voice speak as we tune our ears to heaven, to the living God inside of us, the living God who spoke both the word and chose to make us his home, God? You are so great. You have made us your temple. You have made those who worship you your very own home. We're so thankful, God. No other God has done this. No other God would do this, would share of his own spirit, would give himself to live inside of us. Thank you, God. God, set our hearts on fire with the truth of these things. That's how good you've been. That's how good you've been. God, thank you for the the testimony of the apostles that we read about in Acts, Lord, for Peter and John, God, and their dedication to you. Thank you, God, for strengthening them by your spirit, for calling them into intimacy with you, God, to carry on the work of Jesus. God, we we know that these examples are not meant for us to, to put them on a pedestal and worship them just as they said in this that we've just read. We know that their example isn't in your word for us to, to be uh, mystified or to be discouraged or to or to try to or to to set our own uh, sight on on them but rather they went before us as an example of all that you have provided for everyone who would call on the name of Jesus thank you God Yes, God, thank you for increasing within us the value that we place on your word the value that we place. God, every, every one of us, no matter how, we, how much we already love your word, God, I just thank you that right now you're just increasing our love of what you say in your word. Our love, God. Our appreciation. Our appreciation that the God of the universe would share his own thoughts with us. He would even renew our minds (laughs) with his own thoughts, his own ideas. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We receive your word today with gratitude. We receive your word, God, and seek to know you more as we study it. In fact, that's why you gave it to us. And so we say yes and amen to your will that you desire to reveal yourself even more to us today as we look at you in your word, as we allow Holy Spirit to open your truths to us. We're so thankful. 
Thank you for moving here. Thank you for touching every heart right where we are. That's how good you are. Thank you, God. Can everybody say thank you, Father? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, I really love to pray. (laughs) For real. (laughs) And I feel like today, uh, not just today, but since uh, the Lord put this opportunity on my plate um, for this morning, that that's what he's doing in our hearts this morning. He's stirring up. Prayer is not meant to be a drag, something we do out of guilt or a heavy weight. I know I can fall into that trap sometimes where, oh, I know all these problems going on in people, in people I know and then in our world and then, you know, there's the own thing. Oh, don't forget to pray for your own kids and like all of those things. And it becomes, it can become a weight that I do out of guilt, like to be a good Christian or follower of Jesus, I should just pray all these things, right? Instead of being drawn into his presence and letting his thoughts, ideas, his prayer list, if you will, (laughs) become mine. And I think when we look at Peter and John here, we can see that they had something flowing in and through their lives that we need to learn from, we need to pick up on. There was a deep well. They were regularly going to the temple to pray. That's what, that was what their custom was. They regularly went there. This was, if you will, an everyday kind of way for them. Might have not felt super special when they left other than that they were committed to the house of God. They were committed to praying with his people. Certainly, Peter didn't have time to stop and get some sermon notes together and 14 scripture references to back up all of his statements before he preached right there in Solomon's colonnade as a mob was coming and saying, oh, I want to, you know, I've got this going on. If you, if you can heal the lame guy, then like here, here, you know, just like, can you just look at me? And then, I, you know, I, I got it. I got, I got what I need. There was a life with Peter and John, a life of dedication to prayer that we see because they would show up daily for times of prayer with God's people that is evidence to us. If we want to pray for the lame to be healed, the lame in mind, the lame in heart, the lame in body, if we want to clearly and powerfully preach the word of God, we want to look at these examples for us and know how did they live so that when we serve The power of God comes so that when we serve, when we pray for somebody, we know we did it because we've seen this guy over and over and over. It says he was there every day. Somebody put him there, right? This is a really familiar story for those of us who have been in church for a while or or read our Bibles regularly. But I always like to put myself in the spot, right, (laughs) of these people because it's so interesting to think that if we get tuned in to God in our time before we go to the gathering, if we get tuned into God in the time before we run into those who have rejected Jesus at this point in their lives, if we're already walking in his presence, we will be sensitive when the Holy Spirit shows us, I'm going to heal this man. Would you like to be a part of it with me? When the Holy Spirit says, oh, I'm bringing a crowd, and I want to clarify who I am. I want to call people into relationship with me. Are you gonna, can you be my voice? And so today, devoted prayer is really all about connection with God. Being devoted in prayer means that 
I go to prayer in order to know God. I go to prayer in order for him to speak to me about him, about me, about the issues that I'm looking at, the people that I'm around. And God does that so faithfully when we come with hearts that are full and open to him. And even when they're not. Sometimes we come and we go, I don't even know anymore. Right? Sometimes that's our prayers. God, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to fix it. I feel like I've done the things you've told me, but maybe I haven't. Maybe I've done it right. Maybe I've done it wrong. But a person of prayer can live in this world with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that will supersede our own distractions, things we distract ourselves with, and just the life we live in that is very distracting. I know it's a little bit mystifying probably for most of us to figure out how do I keep my focus on God and still go to my job? How do I keep my focus on God and cook dinner and clean my house while my kids are trying to do their homework? Or, you know, I have to interrupt dinner to go pick up kids from things. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things in our lives that are distractions. Never mind our own pain, our own baggage, our own feelings of failure. But a person of prayer finds security in God, and that will override everything else. We sang it last week. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I just want everybody to know today, in a, in a way maybe you haven't known before, God desires to meet with you. He desires. He, so he's not just saying, hey, do this and do this and do this for me. Go out and heal the sick and go out and do this. No, Jesus actually commanded his disciples to stay in the place where they would receive the power of the, they would receive the Holy Spirit. And it's in the place of prayer. For a prolonged time, it was some days <laughs> that they waited in the place of prayer for the Holy Spirit to come and fill them. And God began to do a great work in their hearts. And then they went out and did it. Right? So we can be encouraged by these things in their lives. Here's some things that Peter and John and all of the apostles and, and scripture shows us all of the early believers. Uh, well, and historically it's just true throughout the life of a follower of Jesus. Some things we can see in, the, in their lives. Commitment to prayer. Peter and John were committed to multiple ways of prayer. We see this right there. I mean, the chapter starts out with they're going to pray. They learned from Jesus about prayer together and on their own. They were responsive to needs around them. Wow. They're responsive to the needs around them. Not in a way of, because look, this guy, I mean, he obviously needed something. And he's, he's asking for money because he can't work, because he's lame, right? But Peter and John didn't get caught up with, I can't help them because I don't have what they're ask, he's asking for. They said, what do I have in my hand? Who brought me here? Who has supplied me? Who has equipped me? And what is it that he is giving to this lame man who doesn't even know what to ask for? Isn't that good? Even when we don't know what to ask for, God will give to us what we really need. And it's so much better. It's so much better than what we thought we needed. Because sometimes we're asking for the bare minimum. We're asking for the immediate, the thing that's going to slow down or quiet the crisis in our lives. But God wants to set us free to move beyond the crisis, not just for this moment, but for eternity. He wants to make sure that the lame can do more than just have a meal today. <laughs> they can now go serve alongside Jesus and they can also work and become one who supplies needs. Whoo! Somebody needs to hear that today. You've been preoccupied with your own need. 
The crisis you're in, the health, the mental, the emotional distraction of yourself and what you've got to have and people aren't giving it to you and maybe you feel like God isn't giving it to you. Here's the thing. Get in the place of prayer. God will supply it and then you will become a person who isn't even concerned with what you have or don't have. You will become a person (laughs) under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that walks with Jesus, partnering with him, actually being able to see those in need. And you will be able (laughs) to discern who to pray for and how to bless somebody, how to share the gospel with somebody who seems really shut off to it. Too many times we're worried about ourselves and I've just got to do this and I've got these responsibilities and those things. I want to encourage us today, maybe we need to realign some responsibilities. Maybe we've propped ourselves up or we've lived under obligation to things that God really didn't put on us. God really didn't call us into and so today, I want, let's be free. Let's enter in to a relationship with God where we can hear what he's saying. The f- number one question that people um, have asked me, I don't really think it's as a pastor, but it's just um, as I talk, um, I'll say things like, uh, yeah, God was really talking to me about this, talking to me about that. And so people say, well, how, how do you actually do that? You know, how do you actually hear God talking <laughs> to you? Uh, and first of all, I will say, I don't, I've never heard God speaking in an audible voice to me. Uh, there's a knowing. We learn the voice of the Father in the place where he is speaking. And he is speaking in the place of prayer. Prayer is simply connecting with God. Connecting with God. Now, here's the thing. God is inviting us into this, but even in this chapter, we see where Peter preached. (laughs) He starts out listing off all the sins. I mean, wow, that's really going to make everybody feel good about Jesus whenever you just go, I mean, like the list is long from a long time ago. (laughs) He just goes down the line. And then he calls him out. He said, you also rejected Jesus. You know, you can't put that off on your, your, your religious leaders. You can't put that off on the government. You have to accept you rejected Jesus. But he gets to the place where he says, he calls him to repentance. Do you know that repentance is God's way? <laughs> it's God's way. of It's our path to returning to him. That's what repentance is. We're off running this way, and God's over this way. (laughs) And the path isn't closed to a heart that recognizes, wow, I've sinned. I want to invite us today to unclog our hearing and our knowing the voice of the Father by living lives of confession and repentance on a regular basis can we become people i know we can who are more interested in a fuller clearer hearing of what the father is saying than we are in guarding our own pride than we are in uh, um Carrying guilt or trying or being afraid that God's going to punish us if we actually admit to sin as if he didn't already see it and know it and love us anyway. Peter says, repent, (laughs) repent of your sins. Do you know that scripture over and over and over again tells us how good God is to those who repent? We're called to confess our sins, for he is faithful and just to forgive. 
I think sometimes we feel about confessing our sins to God and repenting of our sins. We sometimes feel like, ooh, I'm either going to do it because I feel like God's kind of mad at me, which really isn't a sincere heart of repentance, by the way. A sincere heart of repentance says, I am far from God. (laughs) I am feeling the distance. I want to come back. (laughs) That's repentance. Right? I want to come back to God. And so, God calls us into repentance. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That's what comes with repentance. That's what comes. And Peter also says here, let's look at verse 20 of Acts 3. What's the promise that Peter says? He's listed off all their sins. I mean, he has. And they're probably not feeling that great about it because they have evidence, hard evidence in front of their very own eyes that Jesus actually is the Lord (laughs) because he's healed this lame man through his servants. But Peter says in verse 20, after you turn or repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away and then times of refreshment will come from the presence of of the Lord. Can anybody use some time of refreshment in the presence of the Lord? (laughs) Yeah, we could. And scripture is so clear to tell us if we feel any, anything within our heart, it's so good. It's so good to come and repent. There was uh, several months ago, The Lord started talking to me about repentance as I was studying about the blood of Jesus and just meditating on it and thinking about it. I encourage you to do that because he made a way through his own son's blood and he doesn't do it with reluctance or skepticism toward us. He does it willingly with a heart full of love. He didn't do it because, because, um, he couldn't figure out something else. It was a revelation of his heart for us. It's so good. So when we come to the place of recognizing our own sin, of of desiring to walk in repentance toward God. Now, I realize that this scripture text, he's talking to people who, who have rejected Jesus and have not yet come into relationship with him. But we are still learning to be followers of Jesus, right? There is not one moment of repentance and we're never going to sin again. And if we do, well, we just are done for. And neither do we just ignore it and say, well, the blood of Jesus has got that. Well, he does have it. But the way that he teaches us to access forgiveness, to experience, let me say it this way, to experience the full understanding of his forgiveness in our lives is repenting. And it's such a good, good practice for us. Every day, we can just sit in the presence of the Lord and say, okay, God, is there, maybe there's something we know, maybe there's something the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us. I know many times for me, the Lord just so gently says, you know, you kind of have an attitude about that person. You don't just kind of. He doesn't say it that way. He says, your attitude, your thought process about that person or in this situation isn't mine. It's not mine. So that's an invitation (laughs) to be restored to full relationship with God. It's an invitation. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Again, this talks about God's way of calling us into repentance. Repentance of our sins removes interference in our connection to God. Now, there are times in our lives where we may feel that there is interference in the connection, and it may not be um, unrepentant. I don't know how to say that. Sin you have not repented of. (laughs) It may not be that. But 
I feel like this is not a practice we do all the time. I feel like we could grow in some health in this area, recognizing where we've missed it, and in that way, connecting with God. This is not about penance. This is not about uh, finding things that aren't there. This is not about walking around with a guilty conscience. This is about connecting with God to the fullest degree that we can, right? Some of us kind of go, well, I mean, I just, I feel good with God. I mean, let's just start examining our hearts in reality. Like when the frustration or anger comes, guess what? That's probably not God. It's a good time. (laughs) Thanks for that. It's a good time. (laughs) It's a good time to stop there and say, why am I feeling like this? God, I don't want to distance myself from you or from people that you love. And he loves all the people, so that everybody's counted in that. <laughs> I don't want to live in distance from you. I actually want to have the patience, the understanding, the compassion of the fruit that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And so our emotions are such a great gift in that if we will become sensitive to the spirit, if we will become hearts devoted to the father's heart, we will recognize when fruit of the spirit is not showing up and it's fruit of us, even fruit of the devil himself. Not that you're possessed. I'm just saying he is a liar So when we live in fear, when we live, those are times, I'm just telling you, those are times of, for repentance. God, I haven't thought the way you've thought. And it's not about a heavy weight of guilt. It's about connecting with God, right? I told you Isaiah 55, six and seven, it says this, seek the Lord while you can find him. So don't go so long (laughs) without recognizing that you're far from him. And the more that we walk in closeness, the more sensitive we we become when we're not close right now. Now, let me say something just because I don't want it to be confusing. God does not turn his back and walk away from you. That's not the process. (laughs) He has come down. He has come low. He has come and lived in your heart. You, if you're a follower of Jesus in this room today, you are the habitation of the living God. (laughs) You're the habitation of the living God. That's so glorious. I feel like we should just sit there for a long while. In fact, sometime this week, just say that to yourself. Say that to the Lord and just sit there with it. And see what he will do in your heart and your mind. I didn't finish reading my scripture. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways. Isn't it so much better? Sorry. Isn't it so much better when our kids, before they go and do something real bad, we got to get them out of jail, that they would stop short of that. A lot short of that, actually, um, would be good. But isn't it good when they, oh, man, when they come, and you're, like, thinking sometimes, sometimes children are so sensitive to the way that they've been. They've, you know, thrown a fit or they've done something. And they'll come and they'll be like, oh, mom, I'm so sorry. I got mad. I'm so sorry. I didn't do what you asked me to do. And sometimes, you know, we parents go like, it's okay. We worked it out. But isn't it so much better than bailing them out of jail? I think God is just like, (laughs) everybody's like, yeah. Um, I think God is like, listen, this is so much better for you to come. In and be sensitive and know. I know sensitivity, guys. I am so sorry. But listen, we serve a God who's sensitive. Some of you are like, I don't know what sensitivity even means. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know you do. But I'm talking about, I mean, God is manly of men, okay? He is the manliest man, okay? In the best way. 
in the way that men are supposed to be. And so God calls us into this sensitive relationship with him where we are hearing his thoughts and knowing his ways, feeling his emotions. And when somebody um, causes, (laughs) when we allow somebody else's ways to cause some disruptive emotions within us, eruptive emotions sometimes, God is so near, he wants to, He wants to make sure we don't go in that way, (laughs) away from him, right? Away from him. The rest of Isaiah 55. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord. And why? That he may have mercy on them. God's not like, hey, let me give you some spankings. Let me take away this. Let me punish you in some way. So we have no fear in repentance. In fact, it's kind of silly for us not to repent. Let's be honest about it. Not because he's, he's God and he's always right. So we just got to get it right. But because he longs to be with you, he actually provides mercy and forgiveness in abundance that goes beyond when we repent. Hallelujah. Yes, turn to God for he will forgive generously. Repentance clears the path for times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Repentance clears the path for times of refreshing from the Lord. I'm going to invite us today, as we've talked about repentance, put your stuff down or to the side if you can. We're just going to spend a minute or two just talking to the Lord. Let, let me say this. Letting him talk to us. Repentance is an invitation. I'm not saying this, and God's not saying this, because everybody in this room is bad sinners. Well, yeah. He's saying it because he loves us. And he says, you came today, which is evidence that you want to know me and you want to connect with me. And he says, I don't want anything on that connection line, on the inside of you that's darkening your thoughts of me, your connection with me, that's interfering with the way that I want to reveal myself to you. So let's just spend a little bit of time. Taylor's going to Give us some music so it helps us to kind of concentrate and zone in on the Lord. Lord, we invite you today. We invite you today. We actually, we take up your invitation. We take you up on your invitation to repentance, God. We take you up on your invitation to come and sit and listen to what you would say to us, even if it isn't repentance. To turn our ear towards you. Thank you, Lord. Let's just, with our own mouths and just enough so you can hear it in your own ears, just invite the Holy Spirit to just speak to you. Maybe you do this on a daily basis at home. You're used to doing that. It's easy for you. Maybe you've never done it before. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just speak to us. We know you're speaking. We ask for ears that are tuned to what you're saying. Help us know our own hearts, God. And feel safe in your love. There's no fear in your love, God. Yeah.
Let's just stay in this place. Just you and God. Just you and God. I'm going to read Psalm 23. Just as we talked about repent of your sins that they might be wiped away then times of refreshing will come from the presence of God our times of prayer should always lead us to those times of refreshment if you feel worn out because you spend all of your time praying out of guilt for your own needs or people's other people's needs God wants to invite you to a time of refreshing in his presence every day multiple times a day always in every way just a walking of refreshment in him yeah I'm going to read this slow just feel free to repeat some of the phrases if if the Holy Spirit's really highlighting one for you is really pressing one into your mind or your heart thank you Lord the Lord is my best friend and my shepherd thanks Lord you're our best friend you really know how to be a friend I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. It's love that goes beyond. Your love goes beyond the bare minimum. It's luxurious. For you're my shepherd. You are my shepherd. The good shepherd. tracks take me to an oasis of peace the quiet brook of bliss that's where he restores and revives my life hallelujah thank you Lord that you take us to a place of peace a place of joy a place of really knowing you and that's where you restore you revive our life because you're our good shepherd you're our good shepherd he opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in the footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name thanks God for your leadership your leadership along paths of righteousness <laughs> so that I can bring honor to your name. You are my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Thank you, God. And Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you
will never be lonely for you are near. For you are near, God. You're our shepherd. I'll never be lonely. Your authority is my peace. <laughs> or I've tried to control God. Where I've tried to be in control. Where I've tried to have authority. And it's only produced anxiety, depression. It's only produced weightiness and a heavy life, a heavy heart and a heavy mind, God. Your authority is my peace. I surrender to your authority again, God. Your authority carries every heavy weight. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. We come again into the care of our shepherd. Yes, God. Thank you. Thank you. You become my delicious feast when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit and you give me all I can drink of until my heart overflows. Yes, God. Thank you that today our hearts are being filled to overflowing because you give all that we can drink. The fragrance of your Holy Spirit is on your people. So as we go into the rest of our lives, you are going before us. You are around us. You've created an atmosphere of your glory and your goodness and your love and your power. Wherever we go, we have the anointing of your fragrance, God. Thank you. Thank you. Why would I fear the future? You're my shepherd. For your goodness and love, they pursue me all the days of my life. Why would I fear the future? <laughs> because your goodness and your mercy and your love, they pursue me all the days of my life. There's not been one day, God, where your goodness and your love have not been pursuing me. Wow, you've been pursuing me. All this time, I thought I've had to be good enough. I've had to be do the right things all the time and just be good enough. Figure it out, God. Your goodness and your love, they pursued me all the days of my life, even when I wasn't looking in your direction, even when I had my hand up in your face, God. Your goodness and your love have pursued me all the days of my life. And in this moment, I'm right where you had known I was going to be. You knew it all along, God. And you've cared so tenderly for me. Thank you, God. You're my shepherd. You are my shepherd. After all this, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. today in this moment we'll be with you forever our lives in Jesus are secure in his hand <laughs> for he's our shepherd and just say that together you are my shepherd thank you Jesus God thank you for revealing who you are and in doing that revealing who we are to you just love. We love to pray, whether it's singing or reading your scriptures or just talking from our heart and hearing you say what you want to say, God. Thank you for drawing us into lives of prayer that fuel the ministry of the kingdom in our immediate world and in all of our world, God. Thank you for this today. In Jesus' name. 
we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, go ahead and stand up this morning. Our prayer team is available if you'd like to continue praying. If you have something specific that you feel like you need a partner in the spirit to pray through that, I want to encourage you. Don't miss out on getting prayer today. Don't miss out on it. If you haven't if you haven't prayed with somebody on our prayer team before, you are missing out. So we should have a long line today. That's okay. Let's go ahead and speak blessing over each other this morning. Hallelujah. All right. The Lord bless you. you guys for being here today. Praise the Lord. Um, I want to encourage you. One challenge I have this week, Psalm 23, four more times. The challenge is five days this week. Pray through slowly, contemplatively with the Holy Spirit, Psalm 23, and uh, just begin to make note of what God is saying to you through that. See you later. I really hope today's message was life-giving. As a church, we want to help you encounter God and take another next step in your allegiance to Jesus. I want to ask you to take a step right now, in fact. Would you just share this message with a friend? Maybe post it on your social, text a coworker the link. Just be sure to include something that you learned or how it impacted you personally. When you do that, you get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in someone else. And don't forget to visit our central hub faithchurchks.org. You'll find other next steps that you can take in your faith, including giving and partnership with us as we help others encounter Jesus like you've encountered him. Hey, we love you. And until we get to hang out again, remember, don't shrink back from your faithful allegiance to King Jesus.